Survive and advance, survive and advance, survive and advance, survive and advance, survive and advance. That's the theme today, Bino Jeff Henderson. Survive and advance. Can you say it with me? Survive and advance, Tony B. Thank you. Live today, where we be, corner 16. Get on out, come see us. We are North Shore Pelsby Parkway. You better get on out here, and you better enjoy yourself like never before because it is absolutely an incredible day to watch the Tennessee Volunteers as they take on the world. It's Tennessee against the world. No angel compost behind the plate, Bino. What do you think of angel compost? who us Major League Baseball fans already knew is just a joke of an umpire. How is What is he doing in the College World Series behind the plate here tonight, Bino? I think that just tells you the state of college umpiring when he's at the top of the heap. I mean, uh, it, it been a, no offense to Angel Compost. I mean, it had been a, uh, apparently no one named Angel can umpire. <laughs> um, there's, uh, it, it had been a year when just about everyone said that the strike zone in college baseball had been reduced. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, you're back to everything's a strike, and I'm sure it was extremely hard uh, for Tennessee to adjust, uh, as if you had any adjustment opportunities with skiing on a mound anyway. So we got a lot to talk about today, but my... We're having a listener watch party right here at Corner 16, North Shore Pelsby Parkway. Here's the thing about Corner 16. Anytime you come out here, and Bino, we love being here. Our last watch party a couple weeks ago, kids were out here. Yeah. It's a beautiful day. Yeah. A little rainy today. Here's the thing. They've got it enclosed out here on the patio where we be. They've got the whole place open, so the whole place is going to be ours uh, today throughout. And today at 2 o'clock, when the Vols... Uh, face off we want you out here so get out and see us we're going to be here so if you want to come out camp enjoy yourself uh come out and enjoy the game with us we're here today and we're here for you today bino the the question we all have is can the vols win a game in this thing it would be really a shame to come all this way and not win a game this team though has done enough for me to get here. Now, Saturday night in the moment, there were things that went on, and I'm on the air immediately after the game, and we got to talk about them. People were like, well, you're being ungrateful, blah, 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 blah. Look, two different things. When you're doing a post-game show, you got to talk about that particular game. It's yeah. my job. Yeah. But when you, when you pull it back, I mean, I'm glad to be here. There have been several really close games. Tennessee's game should have been closer. Um, but for some reason, we decided to put a guy in in the ninth inning that we haven't put in that spot all year, which a lot of people, my friends think I'm going too far with this. I haven't asked you about it. Am I going too far with that? Oh, I, I think you can question uh, that that move. I, I think probably, probably the – the best move would have been Burns right off the top. Although the way Joe Bear was going, yeah, I'm not sure any right hander was going to get him out that day. I might have run Seacrest in there just for him, and then and then gone to Burns. But uh, uh, that that was a uh, that was an odd move. Yeah, that was an odd move. Take a guy that hadn't been in that spot, because to me, and and we'll talk about this as the show unfolds. Tony Valls is a great, incredible. Tour de Force head coach. 
Might be the best hire in the modern era at Tennessee. Might be. In any of these sports. But he's not infallible. And, 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 and Evan and myself both questioned it, who will be here an hour or two, presented by TLD Logistics. Evan and myself both questioned what you were doing there. Evan said, I put Burns in. I go one, two, three. I get right out there in a tournament that is so far out there featured ninth inning comebacks, crazy ninth inning stuff. And Tennessee was about to follow that script. Once you, once you fell behind three, the game was over with our club. But a bloop and a blast certainly exists. Today we're going to see a guy, and we're going to talk on the other side with Ben Parker. But, you know, we're going to see one of these workhorse dudes. I'll tell you what's refreshing about college baseball. In an era where major league guys break if they get the 90 pitches, these college kids are showing that if the majors wanted to, these guys in the major leagues wanted to, the anatomy is still capable of throwing 125 pitches. Skeens threw, what was it, like 123? Yeah. And on 121, he was yeah. 102 miles an hour the other night, Yeah. Know? Yeah, no, I, I'm, uh, I, I think they go too far with it uh, in the major leagues as far as the uh, – I, I realize you've got a week in between starts in college baseball, and you've got five, da- four days in between starts in major leagues. But, uh, of course, their investments are so high in these guys – uh, that, that they're just they're just saving product. Bino, are you wearing your Tony Vitello issued cap today? I am. I've got I my lucky so cap on today. I am so jealous of that. I got my lucky cap on today. I, you got to get out of here to corner sixteen and touch Bino's <laughs> Tony Vitello issued cap because he gave me the same cap, same size, and it fit on me like a, a protective device. It did not fit me at all. You and I have two different heads. You got a big old bucket head, don't you? Big, big old bucket head. Ben Parker is going to join us. He is with uh, Cardinal Sports. We're going to get the lowdown on the Jose Cardinal. I want to wish Brian Hartman a belated happy birthday. Happy birthday, Brian. Happy Brian-y birthday, boy. Brian Hartman. He hides it. I never know when his birthday I is. I know. He turned, 20, he turned 25 yesterday. So happy birthday, Brian Hartman. That old codger's more than 25. And we come back on the other side. Ben Parker with CardinalSportsReport.com. The Jose Cardinal are in front of us. I want another shot at LSU. Yes. Will you join me in a position statement here? I want Wake Forest to beat LSU today. And I want a shot at them without that horse on the mound. Yeah, I know they're absolute, their lineup's absolutely loaded, but give me a skinless LSU. Give us a shot. Yep, because we shot. can skin them. I, and I, I'll, I'll say this. I don't think any team I'm, – I'm no College World Series historian. I don't think there's ever been a team that faced a more daunting task in Games 1 and Games 2 than to face Skeens in Game 1 and Quinn Matthews in Game 2. No I, doubt. I, 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 would, I would say right now no team's ever faced – that level of pitcher in both their first two games in college world. And, Chris Burke, if you're a man, you will say that on that telecast today, if you're a man, about your alma mater, big boy. Man or mouse, Berkey, man or mouse, that's a question. Our fans were getting mad. I got a bunch of texts. They really bury schemes. I'm like, you people don't understand. That's the best. Why are they praising him so Listen. That's the best college pitcher the game maybe has ever seen. And he was in full 
he was in full feathers out the other night. He was on point the other night. An angel compost behind the plate was giving him an inch off yeah. either plate. Yeah. You had zero chance of no, hitting him. No, None. Greg Maddox out there even. Uh, right? It, it's um, it, when, when two guys like that that know the college game, Peterson and, and Berkey, that yeah. know the college game better than anyone out there, um, say that this guy is maybe the best college pitcher of all time. Now, you're talking about Strasburg. You're talking about Clemens. Yeah. I mean, that just tells you what you were up against there. We come back on the other side, and he was on. After the oh, first yeah. inning. Well, he uh, threw 46 pitches over 100 miles an hour. 46 pitches over 100 miles an hour. And used his other pitches more effectively than that one. Oh, his curve. When he struck out our third baseman, Bino, with the three off-speed pitches and looked at him like, go sit down, yeah. son. I'm not going to throw you a fastball. Yeah. Have a seat. It's just a stud. We'll take a brief time out. We'll come back on the other side. Uh, we will be joined by Ben Parker. We're going to break this Cardinal team down from start to finish. It's all going to start with Quinn Matthews. Tennessee's got to get to him today. <laughs> Tennessee's left-hand bats, I know they don't cooperate against guys like this. Today they've got to run into one or two. We've got to cooperate against this yeah. guy. This guy's hittable, though. This, unlike what we saw Saturday, oh, yeah. this guy's, the thing about this guy is, though, the longer he goes, the better he gets. This guy is workhorse city. They don't even need a bullpen today, maybe, unless we cooperate. More as we continue on the other side after this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919.
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. I've got Miles Johnson on the phone from Foodland. He's going to let us know what's happening at Foodland today. Miles, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? Fantastic. It's another week, uh, another round of specials at the store. Uh, so let us know what you got on sale this week. The regular ad that's running all week has assorted pork chops for $1.59 a pound, green cabbage for $0.59 cents a pound, and Deer Park Spring Water 24 packs, two for 10. Again, you're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., located right there at the Foodland at the big shopping center in downtown near the post office. Well, Miles, thank you very much. You have a great day, and thank you, great staff, and uh, we'll talk to you in two weeks. All righty, thank you. Thank you, Miles. All right, that was Miles Johnson from Foodland. They are open seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., located right there in Columbia. You can't miss them uh, on West 7th Street, just down from the radio station, as a matter of fact. Great people and uh, great deals, so go check them out. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. You, you bow your head when you say his name because Ben Parker is getting ready to join us. He's with CardinalSportsReport.com. This guy works as hard as Quinn Matthews does on the Hill. I mean, he's going to have himself a busy day at CardinalSportsReport.com. But he's nice enough to take some time for us here today as we're live at Corner 16, North Shore Pelsby Parkway. Watch party today. 
uh, in a few hours for the Tennessee Stanford loser goes to the house game as both these teams look to fight their way out of the loser bracket. Ben, I welcome you in. Hope you're having a great day. I am. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Ben, let's talk here. The Cardinal decided to do what Tennessee decided to do, which is roll the dice and not go with the ace pitcher in game one. Were you surprised they did that? No, I wasn't. Um, I mean, I thought they were probably going to start Quinn against Wake, but given that he threw 156 pitches in his previous game, I thought there was a decent chance that they might do what they did and start Joey Dixon and save Quinn for today. So, I mean, I wouldn't say I was shocked, even though I you know, I expected him to, to pitch, but I'm not shocked that they made that, considering how many pitches he had his previous outing. And you know what? It almost worked out because Stanford had a 2-1 lead in the eighth inning. And, yeah. and the thing the thing about that Wake Forest team is, I mean, you got to tip your cap. They're just very good. In fact, all four of these teams are very good on this side of the bracket. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think. I mean, I, at the end of the day, for Stanford, the the thing that they have to be, I think, kicking themselves for is not the decision to not start Quinn Matthews. I think it has more to do with the way their offense didn't deliver. And, and as you kind of just said, their hats off to Wake Forest and their pitching. But uh, you know. Uh, what really hurt Stanford in that game was they had some costly base running errors um, that are uncharacteristic of them. So if they're on the base better and don't get picked off, you know, uh, they could have won this game 4-3. to three. So for them, I don't think you look back at, the, at who they started at pitcher as what made the difference, but it was really more their offense's inability to get going and, and those base running errors. I think that's what they're going to be looking back on and be like, ugh, we wish we could change that. You know, Bino and myself were just talking amongst ourselves, and I'm going to introduce him momentarily, but it's really strange that, that would happen. I could understand that happening for Tennessee, those, most of those kids' first time in that spot. Uh, for a Stanford team, it's been there three years in a row, though, to, and with a bunch of veteran players. Uh, really odd to see that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was strange. Just like, that's what I kind of told my subscribers, and I, I might have even mentioned that in my recap, I think, what you just said there, which is, you know, third time in Omaha in a row, you know, this kind of state shouldn't phase these guys anymore. I mean, they're, they're at a point now where they got to be thinking about, okay, let's make the next step and, and stay around in Omaha for a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, that part was disappointing. The only thing I would say is I think a couple of the guys are, that got picked off, I think, were guys that didn't have much experience in the past. You know, um, but even so, I mean, you just you just think that okay, you kind of that's something that an experienced team like that just wouldn't make for sure. Hey Ben, uh, we we pretty much knew what we were in for with Paul Skeens. We had seen him earlier in the season. Um, Quinn Matthews, obviously, is a, another elite pitcher that Tennessee's about to see. What uh, break down his style, his approach a little bit for us? What his out pitch is? Yeah, you know, he's really good at – one of the reasons why he was able to pitch so many pitches last last outing is he doesn't throw in a style that's that's really hard on his body. Um, he throws a lot of, like, slow he, – he does a good job of, like, mixing up his pitches and, you know, throwing, you know, change-ups and just kind of mixing up his stuff and keeping pitchers guessing. Um, so he's just got a really good repertoire and – 
he's just a really smart pitcher that knows which pitches to throw. Um, and then on top of that, he's got a really good catch with the freshman Malcolm Moore, who's been outstanding. So I think, you know, he's developed a really good relationship with him. Um, but, you know, he just kind of throws his pitches the right way, does a lot of good off-speed stuff, and and then, you know, knows how to knows how to crank it up a bit when he needs to. Um, but I would just say, like, he's a really good – So some pitchers really excel because of their, of their speed. He's really just a really good technical pitcher that just puts his pitches in the right spot. And, and, and when he throws it in the right spot, I mean, it's just it's, – it's tough. It's tough for guys to get on base with him on the mound. I mean, Ben at Stanford, this probably goes without saying, Ben, but he's obviously a real intelligent young man, too. I think I read somewhere where he gave a talk in one of his classes on Tommy John surgery or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all, all these guys are incredibly intelligent, of course, um, and, and Quinn's no exception. Just a really smart guy. You know, you, you know, the, the more you get to know Quinn, the more you know, you, the more you figure out that, this kid just really understands baseball. And I think a big strength of his is really the mental side of the game. It, it, it takes a lot to rattle him. You know, he, he's not easily rattled at all. And he has a really cool, calm uh, demeanor. And that just allows him to, to pitch in high-pressure situations and deliver the outs that he does. So... Uh, you know, he's got tremendous physical gifts, obviously, because he was able to go as deep as he did with 156 pitches. But then on top of that, I mean, he's just a really smart guy that understands the game of baseball really, really well um, and, and just has a really high IQ. And you kind of combine the physical gifts and the talents with the IQ, and uh, that's why he's Quinn Matthews. Saturday aside, it's obvious that uh, Stanford has a really good hitting lineup by the uh, – by the ranking in just about all the offensive categories. Uh, but if you were to break it down for Tennessee, if you were scouting Stanford for Tennessee, give me two guys that Tennessee just absolutely cannot let beat them offensively. Yeah, um, but that's so tough. There's so many guys. The first guy, though, that was kind of my mind is Brady Montgomery. Um, he really just has an electric bat and a lot of power, and he can just go yard at any given moment. Um, and then, I mean, I mean, just his bat is phenomenal. And he's got good speed. Um, and the other guy I would say is Alberto Rios. He was Pac-12 player of the year um, and was a guy who I think, I mean, I, I mean, Stan, I don't think Stanford would tell you they were surprised by by him. But, no, actually, I think they would. I think they actually, no, they, they've kind of admitted it. Yeah. No, they, they, I mean, this kid went from being, you know, on the bench last year, hardly playing, to being one of their top hitters. Um, and Pac-12 Player of the Year. So, I mean, they've, they've been surprised by Alberto Rios. Um, so, you know, he's, you know, in other words, I'm saying is the emergence of Alberto Rios was something I don't think they foresaw, and that's really given their offense the next level jump. And so if you could keep him kind of bogged down, um, that that would be huge for Tennessee. And then also, too, this is kind of a new stage for him because the last two years he's been on the, he's been on the bench. So, I think perhaps maybe he's a little more nervous being here because it's kind of his first time really getting serious minutes at Omaha. So I would say Montgomery, and then I would also say Rios. But I mean, I mean, really, that lineup one through seven is just it's so dangerous. But if I had to pick two, it'd be those two guys. 
Well, to put it in to put it in perspective uh, for folks listening to us who hadn't seen Stanford, and you know, college baseball is sort of that way. It's kind of a regional concern, uh, except for the real hardcores at the plate. And I'm reading from Matt Dixon's report today over at tclub.team. He he wrote a really nice distillation of what Tennessee's in for today. Stanford ranks in the top ten nationally in batting average. They're ninth, 318 as a team. Slugging percentage, ninth nationally, 543. Doubles, 144. And home runs, they're tenth in America at 117. And one guy you didn't mention is Tommy Troy, who allegedly is the is the best pro prospect of the bunch. And, you know, that's not bad when you don't mention a guy first who's got a three ninety eight batting average, 17 home runs on the year, 17 steals. And, and he's the guy, if he gets on base, who's pretty apt to run, right? I mean, he's got uh, nine more steals than anybody on the roster. Yeah, I mean, that's my point. I mean, there's so many guys there that not mention a name and, and that name that you don't mention oh really good yeah i mean tommy troy is phenomenal i mean he's got a really scary combination of power and contact and base running speed and yeah he's absolutely wicked um on, on the base and, and just such a really incredible all-around talent because he's got the power and he's got the contact hit ability he's got the speed i mean and then you want to just talk about pure speed i mean Dayborn campbell in the outfield his batting average is not very good, but he's a guy where if he gets on base, he can do some damage just because of how fast he is. So, I mean, there's just so many guys on this lineup, and, you know, if you're if you're an opposing pitcher or opposing team, I mean, it's just, it, it can give you nightmares, right, unless you really kind of go, go at these guys the right way. So, I mean, there's just so many guys that, that they have. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Tommy Troy, if you're talking about just pure contact hitting, other guy it's just it's it's really amazing just how many different weapons they have ben parker joining cardinalsportsreport.com and ben uh you know that the irony is that tennessee and stanford were basically playing in the same window one week ago uh trying to advance and get out of really hard-fought super regionals and uh you know both teams at some point it kind of comes down to depth doesn't it like one of the hopes Tennessee has in this tournament is that they can survive today and get to LSU. And, and I would imagine, because I think um, Wake's going to get LSU late, later tonight, um, and I would think that's probably Stanford's hope as well. They've got a deep ball club. These are two pretty deep teams here. Yeah, I think I think Stanford, that's, that's their saying. I agree completely. I mean, that's something that David has talked about is that, hey, if they could just kind of hang around long enough and kind of find their footing, they can make a run. That That's what they're hoping to do. And um, the one area where they're not super deep in is the bullpen. That's the one part that's a bit sketchy for them. And so um, that's why I think they're really hoping that they can get Quinn Matthews to go seven innings and then just have, like, Drew Dowd and either Nick Dugan or Ryan Bruno take them the rest of the way. Um because I do think they think that I, I you know, because pitching, you know, bullpen aside, I do think they feel like if they can stay in this thing long enough, they can find their footing and, and get going. So absolutely right. Um, 
and um, it's going to be interesting to see which of those teams is able to find that 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 next kind of gear in this one. Because I think if Stanford is able to win tonight, then today, then 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 yeah, and, and, and anything is possible. And and they've also just shown an ability to, to win when their backs are against the wall. And obviously, Tennessee seems to have figured that out as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how these teams do and um, whether or not Stanford is able to once again elevate their game with with. Uh, with uh, in, in, in an elimination situation. Hey, Ben, uh, this Tennessee team had an issue fielding the baseball, uh, been much better um, in the postseason than they were in the regular season. It, it looks just from a numbers standpoint like Stanford has some of the same issues. Yeah, um, one of the moves they made, um, it was in the ninth inning against Cal State Fullerton in their, in their regional. They, they pulled Owen Cobb out of the line at the shortstop and brought in Timo Becerra because Cobb had a couple errors. Um, and Becerra's been playing better defensively since then. Um, but, you know, uh, they had some errors in the outfield. Um, in one of their, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a bit of an issue for them as well. Uh, you know, just kind of just fielding ground balls cleanly and, and just making the routine play defensively. So, that's why that's always been kind of one of my keys game for them consistently in this NCAA tournament is just hey play clean baseball um, because when they because you know a lot of the times for them their biggest enemy is often themselves and they don't make a clean play they they allow their their opponent to hang around for an extra at bat or something so yeah I, I think uh, and I think part of it could be that you know some of them some of the just the fact that they've 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 had to make some lineup changes, and you got a couple new bases in there defensively that can make a difference. But yeah, um, there's been there's been some there's been some issues of fielding at times, and so that's something that I'm sure they've been they were talking about yesterday in their day off to kind of prep for this one. Hey Ben, I'm not sure how long you've been on the beat here, but uh, obviously Stanford's been a regular at the College World Series uh, in the time that you've covered them. You ever seen anywhere close to a bracket like this one? You know, I mean, to me, this is a pretty deep field. I'll just say that. I think there's just a lot of talent here um, for them to go up against. And, I mean, certainly for Stanford, you know, I think one of the things that they've, 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 they've kind of figured out um, is it really is about that nameless, faceless opponent, and that's something that they talk about. And so... I think for them, at least, kind of covering them, they've really approached this like no matter who their face is, no matter what the bracket is, they they know they're in for a real dogfight. And so, you know, they haven't been too consumed with the seed and the rankings of the opponents they're facing. But that that notwithstanding, I mean, you got a team like Wake Forest there and, and LSU. I mean, it's just it's an absolutely loaded field. And you know, I think the, the impressive thing is is that you know Stanford comes in as Top eight team in the nation, and you know number eight seed, and and you know for much of the year have looked really dominant, and then you know they get here, and you kind of realize that it's just it's just another level, right, from where they they've been before, um, and so um, just that kind of next level is something that definitely stands out. I think in all in all tournaments and all all trips to Omaha, and this one's no exception. There, it's it's definitely you can tell that it's a different level. Once they get here in the previous, previous well, two rounds. Well, you know, like to, to Bino's point, 
Can you imagine what Tony Vitello is thinking? Like, we've done all this hard work to get here, and we got to face Paul Skeens and now this Matthews guy back-to-back? I mean, that's just flat-out ignorant. Yeah, I wish we'd face nameless and faceless in the first two games. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> think about how ignorant that is. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's just I think I think at least like I, like I said, I think for Stanford, th- that's really been just been their key to kind of marching along is not making too big a deal out of the opponent they're facing. But I mean, that notwithstanding, you're right. I mean, I'll, I'll say this: I think I think that the Wake Forest game was a great example because you know they come in and it's ninth inning and and I mean, look who their closer is, right? Wake Forest. I mean, I don't I don't think Stanford's faced a closer that good all season, so. It's just you know even while you you try to play that nameless basis opponent, I mean, it's really impossible to not look across the other team and just be like, "Yep, this is a completely different gear than than what it's been." And 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 they've and listen, they've faced some good teams this year. It's not like they played an easy schedule in the Pac-12, or they played easy teams to get to Omaha. Um, so the fact that it's just such a noticeable next gear just really kind of says something for sure. Hey, Ben, on the way out, do you have any questions of us on the Vols as Stanford gets ready to play them and you and you, and you uh, serve your readers? Yeah, I guess kind of the only question that, you know, I would, I'd be curious to ask um, is if you were Stanford and you were looking to, you know, uh, contain, uh, contain, I guess, here's, I guess the question I would have is do you, Tennessee is more of a is pitching more of their strength is hitting more of their strength. I mean, what, I mean, because Stanford clear their strength is clearly hitting the ball, going yard, offensive power. Where would you kind of say on what side of the ball is is the main strength of this Tennessee team? I think this Tennessee team's obviously much better on the pitching end uh, than they are in hitting end. Um, they're they're not very good at the bottom of their order. If you were Stanford and you wanted to beat Tennessee, you would throw a, craft, a crafty left-hander like your throw. You're exactly right. And, 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 I mean, if I wasn't a Tennessee person uh, adorned in Tennessee garb as we speak, hosting a Tennessee watch party, and was watching this game from 10,000 feet and had $100 to bet over at Zen Sports today, I would uh, bet on uh, Stanford to get through this game. But yeah, it looks like a really I'm, tough matchup. Yeah, it looks like a tough matchup for the Vols. Now, the thing about Tennessee is they've just found a yeah. way thus far yes. in these spots. And been to the point where last week they went to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, in sweltering heat, dodging thunderstorms, thunder lightning, and all that stuff. And, and, and Ben, they... Hit 205 as a team and got through that. Wow. I don't know how they did that. I don't pretend to know how they did that. They hit 205, Ben, as a team and, and really didn't hit much better against Clemson the, uh, when, or didn't really hit the ball against Clemson and got through an extra inning affair there. So Tennessee has bunched their runs together. They've been extremely timely. They will look asleep at the plate. And then all of a sudden we'll erupt for you for three or four runs. And that's pretty much been the pattern. I mean, really, you know, if you think about it, that's one they've how, how they've won a lot of key league games this year. They don't hit the ball that much. Oh, it, and they're, when their pitching's good, Ben, it's really good. And when they defend, they don't need a whole lot of runs. No. I mean, their pitching is so good, Ben. 
it's almost unfair. I mean, tomorrow, if they get to it, they will throw a kid who throws mid to high 90s with a nasty wipeout breaking ball, uh, Drew Beam, who there are major league teams that don't have a third starter that's that good. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things for them where the hope is let's outlast Stanford today. Let's get to probably LSU tomorrow because if they do that, they have a legit shot to fight their way out of that bracket. But I think today's game will be a lot tougher for Tennessee than the LSU game will uh, if it comes to that tomorrow. But, uh, listen, we really appreciate you blessing us with some time today. Tell the living listener how they can find you, uh, how they can interact with you perhaps, and we appreciate you, my man. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, if you want to connect with me, just head to cardinalsportsreport.com. It's uh, the Stanford affiliate site for the Rivals Network. And you can click on any article, all the information, my social media, as well as my email is all there. So just go to cardinalsportsreport.com, click on any article, and it's easy to contact me from there. Ben Parker, thanks, brother. Good talking to you. Likewise. Thanks so much for having me on. Yes, sir. Cardinalsportsreport.com. I mean, Bino, he's right. Anybody you face now can play. Oh, yeah. Anybody on our side of the bracket's a great team. Um, I'm not trying to excuse away if Tennessee goes two and done. I'm not. But this is gravy. They've had an incredible year. Yeah. That's why we wanted to get together as a fan base today and celebrate. Uh, because you're not going to have a chance to do that for a good two or three months anyway. <clears throat> so get on out and see us today. We're at Corner 16. North Shore, Pellissippi Parkway. It's absolutely beautiful here. They've got it. They've got the uh, see-through garage doors down. It's just really terrific the way they've wonderfully constructed this place. And the thing I love about coming to the corner is you're always going to see youngsters. And kids are out there playing ball the other day while we were here. It's just... It's you, a great family concept. It yeah, really yeah. is. And you can't come here and not feel good. No. You know, that's that's the way this place was designed. And we've had a chance to play music out here before. It is just such a joy and a blessing to do that as well. So come on out and see us. we got a ton of space. we got the thing. And we've got the doors here to the inside wide open, so it's all just a big wide open space today. Easy access to the bar. Yeah. If Matthews is on. you know i'm just so glad that tennessee has been really good defensively lately we've made it a lot more palatable and a loss a lot less maddening to watch this baseball team yeah play play clean baseball um, and I know we haven't had a tremendous amount of traffic, but our base running's been much better, too. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee's played good baseball. Uh, you know, and this is a, uh, like you said, regardless of what happens from here, it's gravy. My goal is still the same, to be one of the last four teams left in Omaha, and that's still out in front of this team. Yeah, and, and there are lots of debates, because Stanford did the exact thing Tennessee did. Stanford in terms of not starting the race in game one. I'm sure Stanford's fan base is saying the same. Why didn't you throw Matthews against the best team? Throw him out there, let him throw his 130 pitch, let's outlast these guys. It bit them. 
the debate is, did it bite Tennessee or was LSU a game with Skeens on the mound and Angel Compost behind the plate? Were they a team that Tennessee was never going to beat? And, and Bino, how do you answer? Because I had an argument with a friend of mine who goes, who goes, you know, you getting all tore up about what Tennessee did in the ninth inning, they were never winning that game. And the, the reply I have for that is this. In college baseball, a two-run game in the ninth inning, if that were the case, Tennessee would not have beaten Clemson. They would not be here right now if that was the case. Don't give me that. When I watch the College World Series to this point and ninth, ninth inning explosions happen all over the place, including last night with Oral Roberts and Florida, Florida survived by the chin on their the skin on their chinny chin chin bean star uh I, tony i don't think there's anything wrong uh, with questioning the selection of who started the ninth inning um my my only thing is again i'm not sure we had a right-hander that was going to get joe barry out that day what if, about a nashville lee who said why didn't you take Chase Burns and throw him out there against them and go mano a mano? He, he, here's oh, you mean to start him? Start the game. I, I would not. I would not have done. It. I, I think that that ship sailed when you took put him in the bullpen earlier this year. I, I don't. I know he threw ninety nine pitches in 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 one outing. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think you run him back out there in that situation when you've told him earlier in the year that's not going to be his role the rest of the way. And I'm not sure what kind of Chase Burns we would have seen had we brought him in first in the ninth inning because you're not going to see the same Chase Burns down two runs as the guy that you put in there when the game's tied or you got a one run. It's a great point. That's a great point. 865-200-5402. I was told that on Garza Law Extra Innings, which we'll have another – episode when this one's over brian will be in studio control i'll be making my way back from here matt will be there uh evan russell will be double dipping with us today evan um presented by tld logistics will be on here momentarily evan was critical of the decision as well um and then the other takeaway i have from the game is i since we're so challenged to hit the baseball, I would like to, and we're a long ball dependent team anyway, I would like to quit running in the outs. That's just my one request. We, we, the baseball, the um, fielding stuff is, I don't like running the other night with skeins on the mound and getting thrown out at second for the, did, did, I know it was a running count and people say, well, you know, I'm going to not make the third out at second base guy. That's just I, how I was raised. I don't mind. I don't. I don't mind the third out at second because you're trying to get someone into scoring position there. Now the third out at third's a completely well, yeah. different animal. But I, I, I don't mind that. I knew. I know they were trying something, and somehow, maybe he did it on purpose. But he threw basically an unintentional pitch out on that. That's that. He threw that ball so wide that Knucklehead didn't even couldn't even call it a strike. And it just happened to work just like a pitch out. And it was a, it, and essentially it was a very, very fast. It wasn't an off-speed pitch either. No, it was no. a quick 
to the outside, receive, you're out. Yeah, you're I, out by five feet. I don't know if he caught him out of the corner of his eye and did it on purpose or, or, or exactly what happened, but uh, it, it worked out perfectly for them. I don't think that's a huge mistake, though. Brief timeout. We bring it back on the other side. It is your Tony Basilio show, a prelude to the festivities today. We are here at uh, Corner 16. North Shore, Pelsby Parkway, listener watch party today. Uh, let's tee this thing up. Get out and see us. We've got a ton of space in here today. We're going to have a great time. And cheer the Vols on to victory as we continue after this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. June is Dairy Month, and the Murray County Farm Bureau salutes our dairy farmers and the dairy industry for the many contributions to our economy and our health. Milk is the original nutritional powerhouse drink with 8 grams of protein and 13 essential nutrients to keep you energized all summer long. Plus, who doesn't like ice cream? Our hardworking dairy farmers are dedicated to dairy and proud to help produce nature's perfect food. When you sit down to your next meal, pour one more glass of milk and celebrate June Dairy Month. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Keeping it legal and large as we welcome you back. That's a little early on the legal there, but... And we're back with you. Evan Russell's going to join us here momentarily. And uh, presented by our friends at TLD Logistics. Remember, Garza Law extra innings today when the game ends. That's a lot of work, Bino. I forgot how much work that is. Not that I'm complaining, but over the weekend, we played a private party Friday night. So that was three hours. Then went out in the hot sun and played uh, Fountain City Park another three hours. We didn't take a break either night. So that's those of you who play music, that's six hours of live music. And then that night... Um, went and did the show for 90 minutes and my daughter the next day looked at me and said because she was in from nashville where she started a new job she said dad you're on the grind and i respect how hard that is what you just did i don't know how you get the juice to do that and i told her i said well it's not over because i just scheduled a listener watch party she said what are we trying to survive dad uh, Tom, I enjoy it, Pino. I enjoy people. Yeah. Thank you and, so much. Uh, the, the, the work that you and Matt and Brian have done thank you. through this baseball season is greatly appreciated. I, I know it's hard, but it's greatly appreciated. And from my, from my end, gathering with the fans, gathering and enjoying and embracing the moment, it's going to be a fun game today. Win, lose, or draw. Yeah. This team is, hey, listen. If I'd have told you when this team was what eleven and fifteen, whatever that number was at one point, or whatever, what was their number in the? They were five and ten in the five league. and ten in the league. If I would have told you they'd be in the College World Series right now, playing in mid to late June, I think we would have taken that. Hey, listen, this is probably the biggest surprise uh, entry into the College World Series from a Tennessee standpoint that I could ever remember. They're playing in what's probably the toughest bracket in the history of that event. And they're going to face the – again, I said it earlier. I think I, – I, I believe you would be hard-pressed to find anyone that's faced pitchers like Skeens and Matthews in their first two games of the College World Series. Everything – this has been – just a tremendous challenge, start to finish. And, Bino, I watched Quinn Matthews in his last outing. 
He looks like John Denny out there. Too reminds you of. Um, and I'm not Denny was left or right. The point is, though, he looks like one of those mid-80s. He's built like one of those mid-80s pitchers. His uniform is baggy on him. He does not look like one of these power guys you see in today's game. These body When you see him, you'll know what I'm talking about. Have you seen this kid? Because he's, no. he's I, mean, I don't want to say he's scrawny, but he's not. He's just a crafty guy. He doesn't get you out with power. I, I mean, it isn't like he throws an easy, easy ball, but he throws a heavy ball. But he's just got that old school kind of, I'm just going to outlast you. I'm just going to outsmart you. And we'll get you out. So, so you face Skeens, who's otherworldly, everyone. Yeah. And, and then you face this guy who, while not at the same level as Skeens is, against our lineup, uh, he's going to be very, very difficult. We're, we're left-hand loaded, uh, and this is, this is a left-handed, crafty guy that we've struggled with most all year. Well, and the thing about college ball is, too, you can outsmart guys at the college level because you see, and this is easy for me to say because I'm not playing, but I did play. You see some really questionable approaches. And you see games where you just guys just don't adjust. Or Roberts last night. Now, Bino Sullivan is a Hall of Fame baseball coach yeah. who – in your mind, we were exchanging text. He was absolutely in agony in the ninth inning last night. Describe for the living listener that did not that was watching that U.S. Open, which was a pretty pretty good U.S. Open. Hey, I want to congratulate the people at the L.A. Country Club, the you, you elitist at the L.A. Country Club that decided you didn't want fans at your uh, event. You disgusting. Pigs, you disgusting elitist pigs at the L.A. Country Club. There was a larger crowd at the Michigan Panther-Philadelphia Star-USFL game. There were more people at that than there was at the U.S. Open yesterday. So congratulations, Caduce, to you. You had about 1,000 people, 2,000, whatever it was, 8,000 people at your event. Caduce to you. And then what you had, you somehow let them all converge around the 18th green yes. when a guy's making the biggest putt of his life, like it's a Beatles concert. What something. in the world, Bino, was that? <laughs> Total mayhem. Okay, so Beanstar, let's discuss for a second here, if we can, what Florida did and how close they came. Yeah. Till last night, heading into the loser bracket, at the hands of Oral Roberts, who are very good. The, the way I understand it, you on, on your seventh mound visit mm-hmm. of the game, you have to remove your pitcher. Uh, catcher's going out count, so his catcher had walked out there, uh, which counted for the sixth mound visit. And O'Sullivan just let that go over his head, didn't realize it had happened or whatever, and walked out there for the seventh visit, and the umpire said, you've got to take this guy out. So they had to take their All-American closer out um, in, in a huge situation, bring a guy in from the bullpen that had just got up, 
that has to come in and make all of his warm-ups basically from the field mound. Um, so you could just, excuse me, you could tell that O'Sullivan felt like that his blunder had basically cost his team uh, winning the winner's bracket in in Omaha. He was visibly, visibly upset. He was sh- I, I turned on ninth inning, didn't know what was happening. I saw your text. I didn't realize the whole backstory. He literally looked like he was going to get physically ill. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. my kids have done all this work. Yeah. I can't count to seven. Um, and, wow. That just so goes a guy with a you. steely demeanor oh. that just doesn't show much of any. You could tell. He, yeah. I, he was sick. Yes, he was. Guarantee he went to his kids after the game. He went over to that freshman and said, thank you. Yeah. They rushed Caglione down to the bullpen to warm up just in case. Yeah. I wonder how close they came to going and getting that. Because here's, and here's why I talk about approach yeah. in the college game. The freshman pitching was out of gas. He was in a spot where he was leaking oil. Just walked a hitter. Just walked a hitter. Had thrown six consecutive balls, to load essentially. The bases. the bases are loaded. There's one out. The kid from Oral Roberts does, Bino, does what, Bino? Coming out after... He had walked the guy in front of him, not close, on the third and fourth balls. Swings at the first pitch. Why? Why are you in a hurry no, there? No. And 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 Evan, you just did pressure it. breaking Evan, your pipes. Evan, you did it when you played. <clears throat> you would get in that box and first pitch swing, and Tony B out there, middle-aged Tony B, who couldn't play dead in a western in his glory days. <laughs> Is out there dog cussing you, Evan Russell, as I welcome you in at TLD Logistics Extra Innings. How do you plead to that? Evan, that kid last night from Oral Roberts could not wait to first pitch swing with Florida on the ropes instead of watching a few pitches. Sometimes the lots are too bright, Tony. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's a really interesting sport. So, Evan, I welcome you in. You know... Time and distance had a way of helping me to kind of calm down after Saturday night and really appreciate, really, really appreciate what this baseball team has done so far this year, Evan. This is, um, we're going to have a listener watch party here today at Corner 16. Wish you could be here. But this has really been, really been a, a great run for these guys to get here today. Yeah, no matter what, how today goes, what happens, I mean, you, you got to tip your caps to the coaching staff, the players struggling from basically b- being overhyped from the beginning and then having to fight through a bunch of adversity, and now you're at, you're at the biggest stage in college baseball. I mean, kudos to them. Um, but with that being said, they still have more to do, still have more to play, and I, I would love to see a, a valiant effort from them today. Evan, I'm of the opinion, and Bino and I really haven't chopped this up yet, but I'm going to throw it out for your consideration. My position statement today is this. I think today's game is more challenging than tomorrow night's game, if it happens, for Tennessee. 
I believe that today's game facing this LS, this uh, Stanford bunch with this Wiley pitcher on the mound, this Matthews guy, who just has a way of getting people out. He's just kind of a survivor out there. He's not imposing. Like I was talking about him a second ago, he's just got this, he's just a sharp, cunning left-hander is what he is with several pitches. I think this is more challenging. And here's my position statement. I want to see if you want to join me along with Bino. I want LSU tomorrow. I think Tennessee, if they get through this game, will beat and knock out LSU tomorrow, minus Paul Skeens. Do you think I'm way out over my skis right now, or do you smell what I'm cooking? I'm picking up what you're putting down, man. Um, I, I completely agree. I, I think that this Stanford team, not only is the guy pitching today uh, very talented, but uh, I think the Stanford team plays very well behind him. But whenever he's in the game, they, they feel confident that he's going to throw strikes. He's going to go deep into the games. He's going to give his teammates everything that uh, a, a player would would ask uh, to give to a team. So the the advantage between Dollander and him is not as great as I think as it will be with Drew Beam and whoever we play tomorrow. So I, I can completely buy into what you're saying. How much of an advantage, Evan, is it that we're for Stanford that basically some of these guys, this is their third World Series, um, whereas for our team, what we we had one is Kenneth Sewell the only one that's played in both. That's correct. Yeah, it's huge. And if you look at this lineup, they they're not necessarily young, but there's a lot of people on this team that haven't had experience deep into postseason, and it's big. Uh, it, it's almost impossible to be ready for it unless you go through it. But with that being said, the talent is there. Um, the the thing that I'm going to be watching is can our left-handed hitters today compete against the breaking ball when there's runners in scoring position? Because more than likely, uh, their pitcher is not going to try to to blow up Blake Burke with fastballs when there's a guy on third. Uh, he's going to try to get him to chase, especially with 20,000 people in the stands. Uh, he's going to try to force the hitters to expand the zone. If we can stay disciplined especially from the left side, we, I think that we'll have a, a really good opportunity to put some runs up on him. And so from that perspective, how does Tennessee approach this kid today? When you know you are bereft of right-hand bats, which has been an Achilles heel for this team all year, and a guy with a good off-speed pitch that throws from the left side has kind of been kryptonite to these guys. Do you change your approach? Do you try to get into hitters' counts? Like, and and how do you do that, Evan, against a guy who's pretty good control-wise? I mean, it seems like it seems like Tennessee's going to have to have some good fortune today. Did Evan disappear on us there? What happened, to Evan Russell? Evan, unmute yourself. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, buddy. Uh- Sorry. Um, yeah, the, the approach on this guy, it's got to be completely different than anybody we've seen all year just because you're not you're not trying to get the starter out of the game. Uh, the clear intention for Stanford to get to the championship round is that they have to go deep into games with their starters. And, and I, I'm assuming that they're going to ride this guy as long as possible to save their bullpen. So 
Um, my my approach as a player, if or as a coach to try to tell my team would be, get up there and see pitches, but never cheat to fastballs. Uh, this guy, he's even if you're ahead in the count, this guy is going to be able to throw the off speed um, at, at any count. So if we get to the a moment where we're starting to uh, sell out for the the fastball, then he's going to expose us, and it, and we're going to get him back into the counts uh, fairly easy. From Tennessee's perspective, Evan, obviously the best thing for them would be for Dolander to to go deep. But uh, for Tennessee's approach is it all or nothing today, and you don't worry about tomorrow? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, if worst case scenario, you, you can't you can't have Drew Beam sitting over there and not throwing Omaha. So having having the entire staff for must win today, uh, in my opinion, you have to play for it. Uh, let's say that you have to use Chase Burns, Chase Donder, and Drew Beam today. Well, you'll have Camden Sewell and, and Seth Halverson tomorrow that can give you a competitive effort. But uh, I, I would I would hate to see Tennessee go home today without seeing Drew Beam on the mound at some point. So I, I would be looking for that. Let's play the script here. Let's play it forward. Let's say, guys, we get into a – 3-3 game in the sixth. Doland during these um, elimination games hasn't been great. I mean, I'm just going to, so far, and I'm looking at the numbers here in the Twitter spaces, people, I'm going to grab a stat that, that Brian has. Um, Brian gave me a number earlier today, uh, which is that Dolander in these elimination games in two season-saving games, Notre Dame 2022, Southern Miss 2023, 15 innings, 15 innings pitched, 12 hits, six earned runs, one base on ball, 12 strikeouts, 2-0 record. Okay, not like Paul Skeens the other night. Okay, here's a question for you. Let's say he does what he does and gives up, you know, an average of, let's say it's 3-3. You're 3-3 in the fifth. He's got an elevated pitch count. Look, he's facing a lineup that's going to make him throw pitches. These guys are, these guys are pretty good. This Stanford lineup is—I uh, mean—they're top ten in just about everything in the country, uh, and and part of that probably is they don't play in the Southeastern Conference, Evan. And part of that is probably that they're that they have a solid ball club. Who's the next guy? Because Tennessee did use some arms the other day. Who's the next guy they call on? Do they go Burns there? Evan, what do you think they do? Yeah, I think you have to. Um, I, I don't know if Coach Vitello and the rest of the staff would be able to sleep at night knowing that they went to anybody else. Uh, just based on pure talent and pure and, and what he's done with uh, the the last half of the season, you can't you can't go to anybody else in my opinion. And if you do that, okay, if you do that, how long do you go with him, Evan? I think it ends up, it ends up being a matchup thing. If he starts getting to where some of the hitters are starting to get comfortable on him, um, hopefully the big ballpark plays to our advantage. But let's say that uh, he, gets, he gets in predictable counts with his fastball, uh, you, you definitely have other options. And... Being able to pull out a, a gritty win today and still having Chase Burns available for the, the next couple of days would be huge. 
But with that being said, I mean, you got to ride the hot hand. I, I wouldn't, it would not bother me one bit to see Chase Burns and coming in in the fifth inning and letting him roll based on how he's been throwing. I, I say you're right back to Clemson as long as it takes to win the game. You use him as long as it takes to so win you, the game. So if he come, like, because there's a very distinct possibility Dolander's going to throw a bunch of pitches today and it's going to get, you know, going to run some counts up. What's your number with him, Evan, today? What's your number with Doe in terms of uh, when we start thinking about getting him? Or are you going to watch velocity, and, and and if he needs to be, you're going to let him go 110 or so? Yeah, I think at this point you got there isn't really a pitch count limit. Besides, once you start talking about the 120s and, and over, um, that, that can get a little reckless. But at this point, you know, Chase Dollander, uh, he's out there. He's going to be competing. He, he's not really caring about how many pitches he's going to be throwing. And, and to be fair, he's not even caring about the draft right now, which is a great thing. But in order for Tennessee to make it to this championship run and for him to compete or for them to compete for a national championship, he's going to have to be throwing at least 250 more pitches by the time he's in a Tennessee volunteer uniform. So, um, I, I would look to him to at least get triple digits, if not more. What do you think, Bino? What's your What's your number on uh, on a guy like that today? On Dolander? Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't have a number on Dolander today because these have to be these have to be considerations. Yeah. Right. These yeah. are things they're discussing. Yeah. Uh, I, t- today, Tony's just survival day to me. Uh, I, I worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. I do whatever it takes to win this game today. However yeah. many pitches that takes out a Dolander, if it takes pitches out of Dolander and Burns, uh, I'm doing that, and then I'm worrying about tomorrow, tomorrow. Well, I don't want to appear like too arrogant, cocky, hubristic, okay? But let's say, let's say Evan's right. Let's say Tennessee has to burn through Burns and, and Bean. They would still have the edge over who LSU would throw tomorrow. That's how embarrassing our riches are with our arms and our bullpen. I don't think people, Evan, really understand that. But let's say they go through those two guys. They still would go into tomorrow, and I think it's going to be LSU they're going to see. I think they still would have an advantage, particularly if it's LSU. We know that. I don't know much about Wake, so... I can't speak to the depth of their pitching staff. Apparently, they're pretty good in their pitching staff as well, so maybe they would have an edge. But I know that if Tennessee gets to LSU, Evan, because we saw their Sunday guy. We saw that, Evan. We, we tattooed that dude. Yeah, there's nothing to be afraid of from LSU, in my opinion. Um, you, you know, they have an un- incredible lineup, but you can just look back to that Super Regional. We won a Super Regional batting 200 so so that should just tell you right there our staff is incredible but we're going to have to we're going to ask a lot out of them for the next at least today and then the next couple of games if we if we get to play it but um i, I think that no matter how deep we go into this uh, it's going to be an advantage tennessee from here on out on the mound if it's me today guys yeah uh, I, especially with a guy like Burns that you know that you can run in there that can give you uh, – he's giving you 99 pitches uh, in, in an effort in this postseason. Uh, I, I, don't, uh, I don't turn to beam at, at all. 
Um, I, Interesting. I, I'm uh, if you want to make sure that Bean pitches, then he's one. He's either your first or your second. You you can't have him third and then say, oh, we got to run him in there just to make sure that he gets an opportunity to pitch in the college world. So, uh, unless God forbid, right? It's like ten two in the ninth inning. Oh yeah, and that. then you want to throw him out there, yeah, and that. you know, obviously you do that. Yes, absolutely. you honor the kid. I'm, I'm doing that. You I'm honor doing, him. But in a game that we're competitive in, that we have a chance to win, I'm making sure that I have Bain for game I, three. I think Bino makes a good point. If you want to jump in. Evan Russell joins, presented by our friends at TLD Logistics online, tldlogistics.com. We're going to have a listener watch party to the stars out here today. It's going to be incredible. Um, If you want to get in, give me your thoughts. Give us your thoughts on what you saw uh, in the LSU game. Evan, I'm still getting people emailing me, texting me. People are all upset the the way the announcers, including Berkey, were carrying on uh, regarding – uh, Paul Skeens, Evan, I don't know if our fan base appreciates what they just saw from Paul Skeens Saturday. And I realize that Angel Compost, as I like to call him, was behind the plate. And and I realize that Angel Compost extended the strike zone a couple inches, three inches at times off either side of the plate. De- describe Paul Skeens for people, Evan, but... I don't think they really appreciate what they saw because they're people were like they're upset with Burke because Burke was like complimenting him and I'm like I mean what are you supposed to say about him Evan just to rip the guy no I mean you got to give credit where credit is due the the guy was throwing in the triple digits into his 120th pitch he was throwing a change up at 80% strikes, which is incredible. If you're, if you're throwing an off-speed pitch more than 60% of the time for a strike, you've got a premier pitch. And he was throwing a change-up in high 80s to right-handed hitters as well at 80%. So you, you've, got this, you've got this premier talent. I've said it since I watched him throw the, the first couple of starts of the season. I think he's the best pitcher I've seen in college baseball. Um, even before Strasburg, I, I think he's a better prospect. Uh, I think that this guy deserves all the credit in the world and, and uh, unlucky for us, but we just ran into him opening day. But um, I, I think that if you're going to be able to watch this guy for 15 plus years from now, <clears throat> because the guy's got the makeup, he's got the body and the talent is indescribable and it's, it's right in front of you. So uh, it, he's, he deserves every bit of it, if not more of what, what the compliments that he gets. You know, when you watch him, is he is he pitching Major League Baseball at the end of the year? Does he get called up? Is he one of those guys that just they just throw there and let him go? Well, we saw we saw Crochet pitch right. in, in the Major Leagues. Mike Leake um, did it. Mike Leake went up there and won games yeah, I, immediately. I, I, if, if anyone is going to do that, Tony, it's him. If anyone's going to yeah. do it. I, I guess I have too high a regard for major league starters That's crazy and and I, I yeah I, I think there's no way a guy comes off a college campus and just roams out there and is a starter uh, I, I wouldn't go as far as Peterson and, and Berkey did at, from that standpoint but if we've seen anyone that can do that that's the kid that can do it yeah I mean look and they were fluffing like what a good kid he is the guy was at the mil. The guy was at a military. I mean, the guy's too good to be true. Yeah. The guy was at a military academy. 
He's not one of those Georgia Bulldog. I mean, no offense to the Georgia Bulldog players, but he's not going to go play Georgia football anytime soon. And the guy was catching too, Evan, and hitting bombs. I mean, this guy is a this guy's a freak. I mean, what else can you say about him? I looked it up because it didn't make any sense to me that you could be at Air Force and then transfer, and all of a sudden, what about your commitment? Apparently, if you leave after two years, you can do that. Now, your your late great brother's Air Force. He was a two star general. Yes, is that right? So Bino comes from royalty when it comes to the comes to the Air Force. Were, were you? I was not aware of that. Were you aware of that? That you could transfer? Essentially, no questions asked after two years. You can leave. I, I, I think that's a fairly new. Is it? Rule. I think used to once you basically went to the academy, then you. Uh, I, I don't know that for sure, but uh, I, I think that's a fairly new. Ranking. Because because David Robinson, the NBA Hall of Famer, I thought he had to wait a year before he went. I think somehow they worked out where he went right into the. Oh draft. really? Yeah. I, I, if memory serves me correct, which it usually doesn't. Interesting, Evan. You got you to really listen to Bino. <laughs> when we come back, 865-200-5402, the number. If you want to get in with us, it is your Tony Basilio show on a Monday. We're live today here at Corner 16, and we continue. We're at North Shore Pelsby Parkway. Come out and see us. Watch the game with us today. We'll, we'll come back right after this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer.
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming, let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. T to the B back with you. Yeah, my uh, family blessed me with some swag from Alumni Hall over the weekend for Father's Day. Looks good. uh, I'm rocking a shirt right now. And wow, I love this uh, World Series shirt. It's awesome. Got everybody represented, Bino. And you notice the sleeves I went with today. What color am I wearing, Bino? You're wearing red, Tony. I'm going to jinx those dudes. That's good. That's good. Let's take them out. I'm going to jinx those dudes. 865-200-5402. The great Evan Russell joining, presented by our friends at TLD Logistics Online, tldlogistics.com. Evan, I look at Tennessee today and I say, how in the world are we going to hit this guy? Why, other than the fact that I'm a partisan, do I feel like we're winning this game? And I really feel like we're going to win today, Evan. It feels good for some reason. I'm right there with you. Because it makes no sense, right? To think we're winning this game makes no sense, right? Uh, I don't know about that. I I think that, you know, we still have a Chase Dollander on the mound. Um, And and he's shown that in this previous couple of starts that the dude's still elite. And if he's on, man, it's going to be tough for even an experienced Stanford lineup to to do well against him. Hey, Evan, what was it like out there in in Omaha? Run run us through kind of a, a, a day for you out there in Omaha, both both the day you play and the day you don't. Yeah, the day that you don't play, uh, it's usually really relaxing. It's easy to get caught up in all the extra stuff going on. Uh, the amount of people, the 
just uh, anything you can possibly do in a baseball environment, it, it's offered to you. So um, it's easy to get caught up in it. But on the day that you're playing, the emotions of, of trying to control that stress and that anxiety and that nerves before the game, it's really difficult. So uh, I, I can that that's sort of why my my approach to a team that hasn't experienced it being able to succeed in it it makes it super difficult and it's hard to um, go through that or build that feeling up and be able to control it without having to go through it uh, with experience so um, it, it can be overwhelming the amount of people the amount of excitement that you have and nerves all in one but trying to focus on the task at hand and competing throughout the game, uh, you know, if you can stay focused on that, you have a good chance because your your competitor probably can't. Well, you know, I was talking to somebody, Tennessee's contingent, uh, inside. Somebody helps me out with some stuff. And uh, they say that it felt like the other night, like an LSU home game in there. Now, we did have some fans there. Evan had mentioned this on the post game because I was listening to it coming in on our Garza Law Extra Innings about just the f- crazy fervent following that LSU had. And you you called that, Evan, but they said internally, I'm going to make you guys laugh. Because Frank Anderson is like an all-time character, Evan. Is he not just an absolute nut job? <laughs> oh, he's the best. So... The other night, I, t- I had two people tell me this. The other night, they kept showing all these, like they catered the in-game experience to the LSU people that were there, which is kind of disappointing. But it felt like Tennessee was at the LSU Invitational. So not only did Tennessee fans feel like that, unrightfully so, I feel like watching the telecast. But in the stadium, it was certainly slanted toward LSU. Skip Bertman was the guy they honored. You know, and he's had an, an incredible, yeah. he had an incredible impact on the game, the career, and really that place down there. I saw that special on, during one of our rain delays, they ran on the SEC network on him. And that, you know, he just had a, that's just a legendary figure in sports. So they interviewed him during the pregame. Or during the game, they had the guy walk around with a microphone, you know, because you can't just think when you go to a sporting event now. You got to get just get bombarded with sound. Can't talk to your friends. Can't enjoy the ambiance. Can't drink a beer and hang out with your buddies. So they say that in the end game, at some point, not only did they interview him, but they threw something up on the video board with. Featuring him in some like video press, and Frank Anderson goes in Tennessee's dugout. Are they going to get that damn guy off the scoreboard? How many times do we have to look at this damn guy? Now, Evan, can you confirm or deny if that's possible? Because Frank Anderson was not going for it. There is no way I'd ever be surprised of Frank Anderson saying something like that. <laughs> And he's getting all he's getting all red beano over it, getting all irritated. How great is that being started? You need a good crotchety pitching coach. No doubt about it. 
Let's go to the phones. And let's get our first call in. We've been very light on the lines today. Let's get Taylor in here. Taylor, welcome in. Hey, Tony. Hey, Evan. Hope you guys are doing well. I apologize for the background noise. I'm live inside at, uh, at Omaha getting ready to go in the stadium. Um, Evan, I wanted to ask you, um, there's got to be a tremendous amount of distractions uh, when you're in postseason baseball, whether it's a regional, super regional, or, or at Omaha. Uh, and I think back uh, – Last year, well, I guess it's maybe the last couple of years. So they announced Maui was uh, was committed. I believe during the regional, and then uh, I know Tony had to host the uh, team the Sunday after the super devastating loss to Notre Dame. And to me, it just seems seems very strange that the portal is open. It almost to me it penalizes teams that are in the postseason. And uh, I'm surprised that uh, that they haven't changed that. That the portal doesn't open after the last game of the College World Series. What's your, what's your take on that, particularly the distractions regarding recruiting and hosting and all that crazy stuff going on during uh, the most important important period of the whole season? Oh, I mean, that's a great point. I, I think that it's never been harder to coach college baseball and college sports in general than it is right now. I mean, these guys are having to not only worry about having to face Paul Skeen's but they're also worrying about having to try to get a catcher out of the portal for next year or um, their, their next Friday guy or, or something like that. So um, the amount of pressure and stress that they've got and, and the amount of recruiting that they're still having to do during a moment of just it all being about competing and, and enjoying something that you've worked your entire life for, uh, it, it's super unfair to this coaching staff and it's unfair to the players. Um, because there are complete distractions, and it, it all comes down to um, having a super close team, having a super close family, and being able to avoid those distractions. But um, I, I completely agree. I, I don't know if the NCAA has handled all this correctly. I think there's definitely some some little things they can do to clean it up. But at the moment, it, it's free game, so um, there's a hundred percent. No doubt in my mind that Tony Vitello has still been recruiting, even though he's been yep. uh, thinking, thinking about how, how to win this College World Series, which is well, very, very unfair. Evan, let's point this out. Not only are you having to recruit, right, for next year, but these teams that are out there are also facing teams that are coming after their players right now. And so then you have a decision of, do I insert this kid do i give this guy an at bat when ordinarily i wouldn't because we know that xyz is coming after him and and if listen if you don't think that there are people right now recruiting players off tennessee's roster or attempting to you are being completely naive or if stanford today is trying to stave people off or whomever and, Bino, you would think that that would enter into a coach's mind, you know, whereas ordinarily in a competitive situation, I wouldn't put that kid in, you know, for all the tea in China, but now maybe I will. I mean, it's – stop and think about that for a second. That's the box they put these people in. Yeah, it's a different world for them, Tony. You're re- not only recruiting year-round, try to bolster your roster from uh, high school kids, but – now you're having to recruit your own kid, re-recruit your own kids. Re-recruit your own kids on your roster. And, yeah. Evan, 
I mean, Ev, do, do you believe that, that that goes on and that that's going on, that, that people are trying to even poach Tennessee's roster? Oh, 100%. Uh, you know, if you look at the root of it all, it, it all comes down to money. Um, it, whenever the NCAA opened this up and said basically it's a free-for-all, it's a wild, wild west, the the rich is only going to get richer. So, I mean, you give a, a kid that just got out of high school, he, he's going to college, uh, he's probably not driving a great car, car, he's trying to pay for his schooling, and then you give him the opportunity to transfer for over six figures to, to be put in his pocket. Man, that that is a that is a tough decision for a young kid to be making, and it's a tough tough spot for a coaching staff to to be in and having to worry about winning but also find some funds to to keep them around yep and then you know you get in a spot like today and you go okay i gotta win today's game this is all these guys now not just tony all these and then do i give this guy an at bat do i give this guy an inning do i give this whatever it is you know that anytime that enters into the equation you've created something where you need to close a window yeah you need to close a window yes and we need to have a defined time. When was it? I, I can't remember if it was the super regional, super regionals, or the World Series. Used to, the Major League Baseball draft was right in the middle of one of those. That's exactly right. And they finally moved that back. Major League Baseball got out of the way, and now college baseball can't get out of its own. Well, that's a really good point. Well, I, in my opinion, the, the people that have to get out of the way are the agents. Um, if, if you have a young kid or if you know a kid that, that's about to be playing in college or playing in professional baseball, the agent has a very, very big influence on a kid's trajectory. Um, so you you got to be careful. And and it's it's upsetting because there's a lot of players in today's game that could be influenced by what their agent wants. And, and you know, it, you always have to look at what the underlying factor uh, of any decision is. So um, the agents have a huge part in the transfer portal and the NIL deals that are made behind the scenes, and you just gotta you gotta be careful with it. So interesting point, Taylor. Anything else for us today? Thing, yeah. Uh, you know, one thing that popped into my mind is Paulus uh, Standing. His staff are incredible, and he's a draftable player, but he hasn't been put in that high leverage situation, if I recall, for most of the season. What kind of pressure do you think coaches feel like they need to showcase a player for the draft as long as they're, you know, again, their staff support it? But I thought that was a curious uh, uh, calling of uh, Fanning to put him in that in that type of position. And then last thing I'll say on the way out, I ran into Coach Dave Van Horn in the uh, in the lobby, and I uh, I wished him good luck. And then I said, Oh, sorry, you're not you're not playing. He didn't seem very happy about that, but that's a true story. Evan, you're a, you're a blessing. Go Vols. Uh, let's take care of business today. So, on the fanning thing, I, Evan, I, I, I made several calls. I, I still can't figure out what they were doing. To me, I'm you into know, setting up people to, to succeed. Go ahead. Yeah, you, you know, if you look at his numbers, he's definitely earned more innings. Uh, you, you can't take that away from him. This guy's six foot seven. He's throwing mid to high nineties, and he's he's got a super super good stat sheet. So. It's hard to make the argument against him, but that is a tough situation to put someone that, that hasn't been used to throwing it in some big-time innings and, and some pressured, high-pressured innings. So, you know, I, I do think that Hollis Fanning is going to get drafted this year. I think that um, he, he has the chance to have a really good career. 
Um, and, and I do think that it, if he goes out there and he strikes out the side, it's a great move. But um, in hindsight, you know, I, I think that there were there were better options. Now, if you look at if you look at the entire the entire game plan of what they're trying to do, I, I'm sure that they're trying to save the guys like Chase Burns and and others just because they want to to make a deeper run. So with that, I can I can definitely see it. But um, now that you look back and see that that home run might have killed some momentum, it's easy for us to make that argument. Yeah, and you know, I guess my thing was. Um, if if I was going to run someone in there, uh, to, I think I might have gone Seacrest just simply because Joe Bear was so hot. I'm not sure we had a right-hander that was going to get him out. That's a great point. Uh, regardless of who we who we put in there, you know, Evan, I've, I've said this before. I think, uh, and it, it's you know, it's it's part of being a baseball fan to question those type of things. And uh, uh, the, I think the hardest thing to do and the easiest thing to question is how you use your pitchers. Yep. Uh, I questioned both times that he ran Aaron Combs in there. Yep. And he was he was lights out both times. So the three times I've questioned, uh, Vitello and, and Frank Anderson have been two out of three. So you know what, good. Dino? And, I, and Tony knows this. you got to be perfect. Or you're getting ripped on that Garza Law program. <laughs> Let's go back to the phones, and we'll get my man Leroy in here, who's up next with us. Evan Russell, presented by our friends at, at TLD Logistics Online, TLDLogistics.com. Leroy Williams in five, four, three, two, three, four, two, seven, one. Leroy, what's up? What's up, brother? Happy belated um, Father's Day. Hey, same to you, my man. I love you, you, Leroy. It's always great to hear your voice. Leroy, you're interfacing interfacing with the great Evan Russell. Evan, what do you think of hearing the show in the background on a seven-second delay while Leroy's talking to us, Evan? What do you think? I think we're winning tonight. Sounds like we got some listeners, huh? Yeah, I think oh, yeah. we win our game tonight, then get knocked out the next day. So we win today and then get knocked out the next day? Leroy, I don't think that's how it's going to go. I think if we win tonight, we're winning the next game, Leroy. We have deep pitching, and you know that. Leroy, did you watch a, Leroy, did you watch a game the other night? Yeah. That home plate umpire reminded me of you, Leroy, with your strike zone. Wow. Yeah, he was off and he was everywhere. He's like you. Everything. Yeah, I know when, he was, but he when you, didn't pay the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Leroy, you at the age of like, how old are you? Eighty-two, brother. So I saw you do a game. You were in your probably eighty years old when I saw you do a game, and a guy said to you, "That was a ball," and you said, "What I call it?" And he said, "A strike," and you said, "Well, strike one. Get in the box, son." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I tell them all the time, no matter what I call, I get paid every two weeks. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> did Bino play in the tournament last week ago? Bino, did you play in the tournament? Uh, I, I played week before last in Maryville. Okay, you didn't play at Cadwell. Uh, no, that, that tournament goes for two solid weeks. That's the big one of the biggest senior tournaments in America. You didn't plan that? You didn't plan the big one? Played in the first weekend of it, not the second. Oh. How'd your team come out? We finished second. 
We played pretty well. You finished second in one of the biggest yeah, tournaments sure in America? We, sure we played well. Is yeah. that the one where you played eight games, Bino? Yeah, eight games. Oh, my games. gosh. What eight a meat games. grinder. Do you know Dick Evans? Dick Evans, Bino. I don't think so, Leroy. Hey, Evan, this show's just taking a detour. With somebody. <laughs> He okay. Bob, but he played with one of those teams, but he might have been it, in Marvel. I didn't see him at Cadwell. It's a detour. <laughs> Leroy, this is what we call a detour, Evan, in the business. Evan, are you enjoying our detour so far in the Leroyville? Yeah, it's pretty next level. Uh, you, you hear me? Oh, totally loud and clear, Leroy. <laughs> okay, you owe me another dinner ticket. You only gave me one. Leroy, come on out. Leroy, you gave me one. Laura was supposed to send you two, Leroy. She only sent you one? You only sent me one, so I need another from my girlfriend to eat. Which girlfriend? Uh, my main one. Leroy, you're. Hey, tell Evan. Tell Evan how many you. Tell Evan how many you've juggled down through the years, Leroy. Oh, 50 11. 50 11. <laughs> yeah, that means Yeah, I know what that means. Yeah. Uh-huh. Leroy, you're my man. Thank you, brother. That's the show laying over there. <laughs> there you go, Evan. Laying on the ground. Hey, Evan, the temperature today out there, I just looked at forecast, 94 degrees, and it's going to be humid. How's that affect dough today, that heat, or not at all, based on what we saw at Southern Miss? Hopefully it's humid enough to where the, the – I think the deep ball is definitely an advantage for Stanford just because of the, the how big the part is, how big the – or how, how deep the, the gaps are and how the ball is going to jump off the bat with a, with a spin rate like Chase Dollander compared to a guy that doesn't have as much velocity. So – Hopefully the humidity keeps uh, keeps the ball in in the yard because I, I think that I think that top to bottom we're as talented um, as the Stanford team, but um, you know not the talented most talented team doesn't always win. Let's get Q in here who's up next with us. They say when it gets really really hot, depending on who you talk to, it's hitting season. And then some people say humidity, Bino, is not good for the long ball. I don't know how to feel about any of that. What's what's your before we grab Q, Bino? What's your viewpoint on humidity and the ball traveling? Because it's supposed to be humid there as well. I I, I found that uh, swinging late and ground balls the opposite side. It really didn't matter to me. <laughs> Let's go back to the phones and grab Q. Who's up next? Hey, how we doing, gentlemen? Welcome in, Q. Hey, uh, listening to extra innings the other night, and uh, as Bino spoke about a little bit ago it's it's so easy to to look over the pitching lineup and you know want to put this one here and this and there and what could have been uh and i know some talk about Lindsay or dolander starting the other night um i I think it is a bit revisionist history to you know talk about that dolander should have started on friday night he he also gave up four runs to Southern Miss, but he had the bats behind him and was able to weather that storm and stay in longer. And I think uh, Lindsey could have gone more innings had 
he had some run support. He, he got taken out after a, a, a strikeout and, and the momentum between innings. But uh, I think this weekend you had to stick with what got you there because um, it's a pretty solid argument to look at when the season changed, and that's when Lindsey took over the, the Friday night role. But his statistics are misleading because in many of the games, he – he didn't get any run support, even that Vanderbilt game and even on the the road um, at, at Arkansas. Ahuna made, you know, those errors. And even the other night, um, you know, there was that one off-speed pitch that, that got belted. But a few of those were ground balls that, I mean, hit a foot to the left or right. You know, the, the inning's over in, in many cases. Um, but that's just for whatever that's worth, but it's just so hard with the pitching staff that we have to think of another scenario where Beam might not ever seen, see the mound. And, you know, that's just – it's hard to reconcile what to do with all these pitchers, which is a blessed burden. But I got frustrated the other night and had to do some unfollowing on some local sports journalists just, you know, criticizing our batters, saying, well, you've got to make adjustments to that strike zone. They're facing a generational talent who's also That's exactly right. a a generational talent who's also getting an extended strike zone. There is there's no adjusting to that. I mean, it's that was it was pretty rid, rid, those calls. A few of those calls, especially that one late in the inning, it was pretty egregious. Uh, you know, no matter what fan and LSU fans would admittedly say it was as well. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see today, and I think you were talking about how this this lefty from Stanford, you know, is able to go the distance no problem. I think it's so key with the with the start of the lineup just to you can't be going down. Have to have good at bats even if you're not getting on base and just hoping to run up that pitch count or get on base. But there's a would you agree? There's a great. I know he's the second strikeouts for. Um, on the year behind schemes, but there's a great chasm between first and second in terms of oh, it's not than anybody else. I, I said today on my blog, and I don't mean this toward Dolander. Look, they say those guys are one and two, buddy, and and Dolander's a great, and I mean great pitcher. There is a huge jump between those two guys right now. Doesn't mean in the future he can't catch him or with some hard work, you know, improve or whatever, but. Man, Skeen's here tonight, and to your point, people. a guy called me and got really ill with me because he said, you guys keep talking about umpiring, umpiring, umpiring. Let me, let me tell you something. When you give that kid, that grown man rather, two or three inches off a plate, it's impossible. Now, impossible. should Moore have put his bat on the ball on that third strike? Sure. I mean, you can make the case, yes. But when you're calling that, I mean, Bino, that's yeah. It felt that's, like playing an out class. You know, when you were back, you got in, no chance. Go playing Alabama, and the game's on a razor's edge, and you get one holding call, and the dam breaks, and you know, there's no no chance. You got no chance. It's that yeah. small margin of error. And I listen. I appreciate you. Thank you, Kill. Evan, I, I realize people watch a game and they go, well, you know, 
Like that guy said the other night, what, what would you have said to your kid if he'd have struck out? Well, I'd have said, you got to swing there, son, because you know that umpire is going to call the pitch four inches off a plate. But, Evan, that's a lot easier said than done with a guy that good. Yeah, I, I hate the argument of, you, you know, the umpire is going to be wide, so you have to protect that plate, that part of the plate. I, I just don't like it because Christian Moore has spent years of his life understanding the strike zone. And now that he's got, 20,000 people in the stands on basic or in the stands on basically the biggest stage in his life. He's got to face a guy throwing 102, but he's also got to protect the plate due to a human making an error. I just, I don't buy it. I think that it's an injustice to the game. I think that college baseball has gotten to the point where the talent is feeding straight into the minors. And I mean, these guys are, just a couple of years away from being big big league players so it's about time that that especially on the biggest stage in college baseball that we have umpires that are better at their job and do i think that we would have beat paul Skeens? well even if it was a big league strike zone no no but i think that it's an injustice to the game and it's unfair to the kids that work their entire life to have their bat taken from them Evan, even a bigger thing is that he spent 50-plus games in a season where everyone said that the strike zone had been diminished. So he he's had I don't know how many at-bats to where he did not have to swing at that pitch. That's a hard thing to change in one evening. And Ahuna did it, too. And Matt, Matt Dixon, who joins now, and Matt, welcome in, made an incredible point in his blog today that Elander went down there because Ahuna was getting ready to get called for a time violation before he knocked in Tennessee's first run, and that is heads-up heads up coaching because Ahuna was not in the headspace. He was taking his stuff off, and that umpire, even though he blew that call, was getting ready to blow the whistle and strike him out after he just blew a call. And, and Ahuna somehow had the wherewithal to... to Fist the ball or knock the ball into the outfield, which is incredible. Matt Dixon set the scene for us here in Omaha. You're there. Uh, first of all, how hot is it? How hot's it going to be? Is the weather living up to the billing? Well, Tone, it, it's going to be the hottest day of the year here in Omaha today, um, but still won't be as hot as it was last Sunday in, in Hattiesburg, especially with the humidity. Um, but it, it will be hot. But Tennessee played in, in much tougher and hotter temperatures last week in Hattiesburg, and and Doe underwent, you know, I think it was 111 pitches, and really from about the third inning on was was just lights out. So I I don't think that will affect Tennessee today. It it may, maybe that affects Stanford, um, hopefully, but it I, that shouldn't affect Tennessee. But it's going to be a hot day. Um, playing the early game. Won't be as rowdy a crowd, obviously. There'll still probably be a bunch of LSU fans here, but probably there obviously won't be as rowdy, but should, should be a fun atmosphere, and, and ho- hopefully Tennessee can have some competitive at-bats like they did the other night. They just went up against a, a pitcher who was better than they were. And that is a good point. Tennessee did have some competitive at-bats. I mean, it wasn't like they were thoroughly outclassed. I mean, they were outclassed a little bit because, I mean, that guy is unreal. The kid they're going to see today, Matt, uh, it, uh, is um, he's a lot more of a technician than a power guy. 
Yeah, now, yeah, he'll have a low, uh, just a low 90s fastball, which is funny to say. Um, change up his best pitch, got, got his slider and curve, really mixes things up. And, um, you know, like we said, he's, you know, threw 156 pitches last week and leads the country in innings pitch. So he's kind of a workhorse. Maybe, maybe all those pitches last week will affect him today as well, too. Maybe you can, he's had a couple of, of starts where he got knocked out of games early, I think against Arizona. Tennessee yep. played to start the year, but no, he's he's a really good pitcher, and and the the type of matchup that gives Tennessee problems, unfortunately. Let's go around the room, uh, Evan. On the way out, we got about a minute and a half. I want to thank everybody for being. We're going to be with you tonight on Garza Law, Tennessee baseball extra innings when the game ends. So make sure you tune us in uh, right here at tclub.team. Picks to click, Bino. Who you got? Two of them. Ten seconds. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to go um, with uh, Hunter Inslee. I think he stays hot. He he looked good, uh, um, and I'm going to go with uh, with Jared Dickey. Even though he didn't get hits, he had really good at bats. Evan, who you got? Ten seconds. Who who gets it done today for the Vols, Ev? I, I got uh, I got Big Merritt and Christian Moore. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. It's time to put a Dodge in your garage. And at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us for all the muscle you need. We have a huge inventory to choose from, from the spine-tingling 2021 Dodge Charger SRT to the 2021 Dodge Challenger Superstock. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Yep, at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, we're flexing our Motor City muscle. You can count on us online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. 
Quickwire Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Want to experience Spring Hill in one day under one roof? Now is your chance. Spring Hill's most popular annual community event, Experience Spring Hill The Event, presented by Liberty Federal Credit Union, is back and jam-packed with fun at Summit High School on Saturday, June 24th from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. You can learn more about this exciting event at experiencespringhill.com. We hope to see you there. Life gets busy and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit taylorfamilyfarmtn.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us, Front Porch Radio, 
Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. I've got Miles Johnson on the phone from Foodland. He's going to let us know what's happening at Foodland today. Miles, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? Fantastic. It's another week, uh, another round of specials at the store. Uh, so let us know what you got on sale this week. The regular ad that's running all week has assorted pork chops for $1.59 a pound, green cabbage for $0.59 cents a pound, and Deer Park Spring Water 24 packs, two for 10. Again, you're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., located right there at the Food at the big shopping center in downtown near the post office. Well, Miles, thank you very much. You have a great day and thank you, great staff. And uh, we'll talk to you in two weeks. All righty, thank you. Thank you, Miles. All right, that was Miles Johnson from Foodland. They are open seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., located right there in Columbia. You can't miss them uh, on West 7th Street, just down from the radio station, as a matter of fact. Great people and uh, great deals, so go check them out. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.